All right, I'm super excited. This is TM3 Impact brought to you by Luxury Home Magazine with our amazing new cover. Super pumped about that. And Spanish Grove Academy, San Antonio's highest rated Spanish immersion school for pre-K. And today, oh my goodness, we've been working on schedules. <laughs> we've been working on schedules. We've been working on schedules, man. <laughs> I, you know, we the moon's lined up, stars lined up. Yeah, yeah. I have Jay Cooper in the building. Thanks for having me. This is Jay. great. I'm glad I'm finally here. I've arrived. Man, finally. I'm super pumped to have you here. <laughs> me too. I'm glad to be here. So first off, I, I want to say thank you because I was a Cooper agent. Most people don't know that. Yeah, yeah. And it was awesome. And we've got to, we, I mean, we've got to share some amazing times. And so I'm pumped to have you here in the TM3 studio. So we're going to dive right in, all Let's right? Let's do it. Now, here's how I want to start. I want to go back. Ooh, way back. Now, I'm not talking about like, you know, like, you know, 2008. Okay. <laughs> I want to go back. Jay Cooper, as a kid, entrepreneurial, not entrepreneurial. Tell me Jay Cooper at like, you know, 14, 15. Okay. Yeah, Jay Cooper at 14 and 15 had some drive, I'd say. I started working really early as a kid. You know, I was like oldest of five kids. Okay. I, I feel like, you know, hard work was always instilled. But actually, the truth of it is now, if I really, if I'm closing my eyes looking way back. Yeah. I think the proposition from my parents was, if you want to buy things, you have to go get your own job to buy them. And that was a great proposition for me because I'm like, okay, well... Everything else is paid for for me. I don't have to buy my own food, roofs over my head. So you're telling me I can go make money and buy whatever I want with it. Sounds really good. So, I mean, I started early working because I, I wanted that money to do things. Yeah. So what was that first thing you wanted? Ooh. Yeah. You go back. Yeah, I think the well, okay, so this is this is probably going to be lackluster. I think what I just wanted to be able to buy my own lunch. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so you know, it's if you remember school lunch at all, there was all these frivolous things that you could buy if you had money to do them. And I wanted to buy whatever I wanted to buy at lunch and then after school, snacks and junk and who knows what. And then I realized after working even a little bit a little bit of work buys a lot of junk food. Right. A lot of snacks. That's hilarious. I love snacks, <laughs> I guess. Are you a sweet guy? Well, I, like, yeah, well, I love sweets. Okay, all right. All if right. you baked me a cake and put it right here, I'd eat the whole eat thing. It. I'd eat it. Yeah, I'd eat it. But yeah, yeah I think I, I think it's more of a maybe a freedom component. I just want to be ah. able to do all that stuff. And I had opportunities to work at a pretty early age. And okay. so, you know, even by 16, but, but, yeah, 14, 15, I was working for sure every day after school. Okay, and what were you doing? My first, one of my first jobs actually was here in San Antonio. Okay. It was in the summer, and I worked at the Fink Cigar Factory downtown <laughs> San Antonio, and I stuffed mail in the back room. Really? So back in the day, they legit made cigars, rolled cigars, and bundled them up in the factory. They don't do that anymore there, but they mailed out stuff all the time, and yeah. so I went in there and stuffed mail. Uh, so that was a full summer job, I think when I was 13, Wow. And then by the time I was in my 14, 15-year-old summers, I worked uh, in, I was living in Houston and worked for the country club in Houston. Okay. And I shagged balls, and I was the guy driving the little golf cart buggy that all the kids were trying to hit the golf balls Love at. Love it. Yeah. I did that all summer because I could ride my bike there, yeah. work late, come early on Saturdays. Yeah. I, I loved it. I mean, it was some of the best time I've ever so, had. So what was it about, like, I mean, I mean, yes, you wanted to buy stuff, right? Yeah. But, but... But there had to be another component about yeah. this, what was driving you to want to work that much at 15, 16, yeah. 17. Because you carried this on, obviously, even in high school. 
Yeah, I don't remember the last time I didn't have a job and worked, yeah. you know, whatever. So I think all of, a lot of it was realizing that I could work, yeah. save, and then do something bigger with whatever I saved. Okay. And it actually is a curse because in a way you're like, okay, well, I got to this level, but now I've got this. I could get to this level now. Oh. And so there's there's some, you know, it's a double-edged sword with all that. Yeah. But I think I realized, like, hey, working hard and saving and doing gives more opportunities than when you don't. I think yeah. it's a missed, yeah. missed lesson, like... You can't just blow all the money you've all you've got, True. and you've got to prepare yourself for future. So, yeah. I think I learned that at an early age, like from that. But yeah, I, I think I just had to drive to do it. I mean, yeah. I like to work. I tell people that all the yeah. time, and I people sometimes look at me cross-eyed, like, "Do you see your family and have any friends?" I probably don't have any friends, but yeah. I mean, I get to see my family plenty. But I do like to work. I mean, yeah. I, I'm motivated by a challenge, you know, and, and a problem to solve. Um, so anyway, I. I I like to work. I yeah, mean, you know, it's that's there, cool. There's a lot of fun in that for me, which makes sense because obviously we're going to get to where you are today. Yeah, right. That totally makes sense. Yep. So I'm interested. Are are you? Do you think it was the money that was motivating you, or the freedom that money get provided when uh, you were younger? For sure, the freedom the money provided. And one thing I will think too, I don't think I've ever looked at this introspectively. So this is maybe going to be like the psychology cap yes. you put me on. Yes. But but. I think part of it is like I I was not the best student. Like I didn't really yeah. like school ever. Like and I, and I never really felt like I learned a lot out of school, and that wasn't anybody's fault other than my own for the most part. But I felt like I was accomplishing something by working, and I learned a lot by working. And so I felt like where school might have been a struggle, or I just didn't like it. The work component was like. I loved it. Right. And so, yeah, there was never like a, a need to make trillions of dollars. It was like I liked to, to be able to do the things with the money that allowed me to do that. I mean, yeah. uh, my wife tells me that still all the time. Like, you just want to be able to buy what you want to buy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, probably yeah. true. Well, I mean, because, but, but, you know, that's the result. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. That love of work and love of challenges. Okay, so now we're going to go, we're going to fast forward now. So you okay. go to TCU. Yep. You, go Frogs. Y- y- yep, yep. Go Frogs. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how did you do there? I mean, was that something you were passionate about school, or were you still in your mind thinking, you know, I got to do this, but man, I really have something. Like, were you working while you're in college? Oh yeah, I worked all four years of college, and and it was it was the same thing as high school, elementary school, whatever. Like, I loved being at TCU, yeah. incredibly academically challenging That's a school, tough school, great school. Yeah. But and there were some classes that really I got turned on to in college. But you know, I tried to be a business major. Ended up loving things like in the communications department. Actually, oh. yeah, my favorite class. I'd never done argumentation and debate until college, okay. and I took a debate course yeah. in school. Fell in love with that, oh, snap. and then I did every bit of public speaking course work you could do, and loved that. That makes sense. Yeah, and loved that. Yeah, uh, people underestimate too the the ability to communicate. I mean, I'm not even really that great of a communicator, but if I hadn't had any coaching from TCU, it probably would have been a problem. Yeah. But I love those things. At the same time, I worked all through college. Okay. So um, uh, first I worked actually for the Radio Shack corporate office, was in Fort Worth. So Radio Shack doesn't exist anymore, I don't right. think. I haven't seen one. But yeah. back in the day, they, they their headquarters was in Fort Worth. So I'd go to their yeah. corporate office, and I was an intern there, and I just did all kinds of things, mostly technically related, actually, which was a yeah. lot of fun for me. But yeah. then by my junior year, I worked for a software startup that was in North Texas, okay. and I, I interned there. What, what I knew then is I most likely wasn't going to get hired out of college because of my GPA. So I bet I better take an internship. I better take an internship where they might want to hire me after. Right. And that's just what happened. I worked there for two years, worked like crazy. I mean, I would yeah. leave class, drive to work, 
and let's say that was at noon, yeah. and I'd work till eight o'clock at night or whatever. Wow. It was a really fun environment. I mean, tech yeah. startup, yeah. everybody just like in there grinding yeah. hard, trying to make this company go, and we yeah. did, and it was like a lot of young, fun energy. So yeah. I loved it, got paid to do it, helped yeah. pay for college, do all these things. Yeah. So again, it was the same same theme. Like it was challenging, but fun. I feel like I really fit there. Yeah. Where school was great, and there were these classes that I liked, yeah. but I had other friends I feel like just like it was their jam, you know, yeah. school. And yeah. it just never was for me. Yeah. Um, but the work part was, and I was like yeah. good at it. And there was, you know, we all want to do things we're good at. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's what you're doing. You're good at this. Yeah. Um, you're good at a lot of things you do. I, I just like being, you know, it's, it's fun to be good at whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. yeah. That's killer. Okay. Yeah. So now you get graduate. Yep. And. Right out of school, you were at the startup. Yep. You went there. How long were you at the startup? Uh, three years. Did they get it off the ground? Were they able to kick it off? Like, what was, yeah, the, yeah. What, what, what was finally what, the outcome? Uh, when I left there, I think eventually they were, they were essentially acquired. They were cool. This is a cool story. The company yeah. essentially invented the app store. So I know what? your beloved you know, Microsoft, or, uh, Apple products, you yes. think they invented the app store. Yes. This company really did. The company was called Handango. Not to be confused with Fandango. Handango. Handango. Yeah, and Handango, essentially, remember Palm Pilots? Of course. The old Palm 3. I had one. You had one, right? Yes. So back in the day, to buy an app, yeah. they didn't even call them apps, but to buy an app for a Palm Pilot, yeah. you had to like go to some web developer's website, yes, and download, download it. it, sync it on the cradle, all this stuff. And any app you wanted, you had to go to somebody else's website. You yes. know, like buying other just like buying any other software. Yes. The guy that started the company is really smart. He's like, look, you've got all these software vendors are all over the place. There's yeah. no central place to buy them. So he created Handango, oh and all those gosh. vendors came, all those software guys came there, put their products there, and he resold them. Yeah. And then he ended up selling them to, uh, like, if you were Sprint or you were Palm, yeah. like, they would brand their own app stores within their own devices and stuff. But it was a, it was wow. a, it was borderline ahead of its time but like they made great inroads i mean it was a, it was a really fantastic company great people yeah. that worked there i mean it was it was a solid place to be that's killer yeah so they did really well all right so uh i'm so going from that and then you were at meritage yeah yep so and then obviously that kind of started this construction world yeah yeah so how do you go like how did you even end up in that construction world yeah one of my best friends older brothers worked for Meritage Homes okay it was Legacy at the time that was it was Legacy Homes and then Meritage bought them which was a whole other fun part of that story but anyway he calls me one day and says well actually my friend's brother called his brother and said hey look you need to help find me some of your friends because the construction business in North Texas is just blowing up. Yep. And yep. we need people in the field managing these projects. Yeah. So he calls me and says, hey, Jay, you want to do this? I'm like, no, not really. I love what I'm doing now. And you're Because you were at Handango, right? Hand Dango, yeah. Killing yeah. it, loving it. Yeah. But essentially, his pitch was, you can make two times the money you're making at Handango doing this. Yeah. And honestly, I'd done a great job at Handango and like had that part of my career. I loved it, loved all those people. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I can always do this thing. I've built this skill set. But, you know, I don't, I had an interest in construction development. Obviously, you've got a family real estate business. So I'm like, I'd love to know this deal. So you're telling me it's going to pay well. Yeah. I get to wear jeans and boots and get dirty every day, probably walking around looking at, at properties and construction. Yeah. 
that sounded pretty good. And so yeah. that's just what I did wow. and really excelled there. I was a superintendent and project manager and loved it. I remember the first day. Oh, my God. I, I, I did not know this story. Oh, yeah. I showed up. I remember when I went in for the interview. I wore, like, suit and tie. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, the guy interviewing me is like, oh, you must be here for, like, a sales job. Yeah. I'm like, like no, 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 no. A superintendent. He's right. He's like, no, I don't think this is what you want to do. I'm like, no, this is what I want yeah. to do. Yes. And he interviewed me, and he's like, okay, I guess. If you yeah. want to do this, let's go. And he's I did. Like, but by and the way, don't show up in a suit. Don't show up in a suit. <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, I learned real quick the That's wardrobe hilarious. change. I had to change wardrobe. But yeah, yeah I loved it. I loved that job. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Like, being out in the field was great for me, I, and I had the best time with that. Now, I can imagine, you know, because of where you are now, yep. customer service, right? It's, oh, yeah. it's taking care of your agents, yep. taking care of the clients. I would imagine in that you learned customer service. Yep. Like that's where the kind of the foundation that's right. of where it started, right? I mean a hundred percent. Yeah. And and actually I think that's what made me good at it. Like I really excelled in that position. Yeah. Like I didn't have a construction background, but it was project management and customer service, just yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. And I found, I mean, I think this is an obvious observation, but most people weren't doing the same thing. If I really catered to the client, like our yeah. Meritage client, and I like they knew I cared about them and I wanted to build the best house for them and I was like focused on it, yeah. I built them faster, they accepted them more quickly, yeah. and like the process was smoother versus yeah. like I had some colleagues that nobody was really bad, but like that wasn't their main focus necessarily. Right. And like, so I was excelling in like how quickly I was doing all these things and the satisfaction rate of the clients. Right. And so I was getting great comp for all that stuff. And so it was, it was just good business to have good, good customer service. But to your yeah. point, it is a hard business, just yes. like the brokerage, the business that I'm in is hard. Yeah. And to keep people happy in that business is, was not easy. So yeah. learning how to take some lashings every once in a while was important, too. Yeah. Yeah, because there's plenty of that in that business. Now, I heard you say this in another interview. Okay. And I, and I think, and, and maybe you learned it back then. Okay. But you said you can never over-communicate. Yeah, no, that's true. 100%. Right? Yeah. And, and when I heard you say that, I was like, I need to bring that up. Yeah. Because that works in real estate and with what you were doing. Yep. If you've got a client that's like dependent upon you for something, yeah. or, you know, you communicating heavily with them is... Ne I don't, I've never experienced a time where somebody said, please don't call me and give me an update. Right. <laughs> like, right. If, whether I'm selling real estate or we were building real estate at the right. time, if I called somebody three times a day they would accept the call and be happy I called them. Yeah. Now, I didn't do that. I didn't call people three times a day, but um, it, it works now in our business now. Like, yeah. if you're listing a house with us, you know, people want to know, like, what's going on. Yeah. And, and people hate silence. They do. You know, we're going to talk pretty steady this whole thing. We're not going to be yeah. pausing because if we did, everybody would be like, I'm cutting off because yeah. people hate silence. Yeah. But they hate it, especially in communication. So, yeah, I just don't think you can over-communicate. Yeah. It's hard, though, when you're delivering the service to communicate as much as people want them to. Yeah. So there's some technology that I think makes that easier. But, True. Um, People want to hear your voice. I think actually the thing I said before is the important part. People just want to know you care about what's going on. Like when it relates to them, you're providing the service they want you to know. They want to know that you care about it. And, yeah. and, and I want that when I'm getting service too. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I, probably, yeah, doing that at Meritage Homes was a big help. That was a big help. Yeah. So, so you go from there, start a construction business. How long were you at Meritage? Uh, I did Meritage, I think, four years. And then that rolled right into almost. a construction business? Yep. I, I started a construction business of my own, essentially. Okay. And um, it really, and that's when I moved from North Texas to, to, to 
to San Antonio. Okay. Yep. And yeah. started a Cooper Construction. I yeah. think I'm maybe overly concerned with my own name being yeah. in, in the yeah. title of things. It's okay. <laughs> I'm trying to get away from that. But um, yeah, I started Cooper Construction, but it was 2008. So there was oh. a recession on. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to build. Were you more commercial or residential? Commercial. Okay, got it. Yeah. Got so it. And, and, and actually, I do. I did skip a step. I left Meritage and worked for a really great boutique commercial firm okay. up in in North Texas called okay. Fort Construction. Okay. Same sort of thing. Got incredible experience. The leaders of that yeah. company were amazing, tenured, experienced guys. Yeah. Um, and had a lot of fun with that. So I loved commercial construction. Just construction in general, I love. Yeah. But, uh, the whole construction and development industry I, I really liked. Yeah. And so uh, Rachel and I, my wife and I were like, you know, where do we live? What do we do long term? We want to start having a yeah. family. We want to be closer to family. And we're like, yeah, let's just move, be closer to family yeah. and and start a construction business. And I did. And I mean, it was a blessing to me. I had some yeah. things to build that paid yeah. the bills. But, right. But but it was not very much work because yeah. there was a lot of competition in 2008. If you were building yeah. stuff in Texas, there were general contractors and contractors bidding on work in San Antonio from everywhere, right? every part of the country. So it was really hard to be in the construction business yeah. then. And I, I'm sure that the recession part didn't really you know, help, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going yeah. through with it. You can't get money. And money's hard. It's yeah. tough. And I could imagine. It that was tough. tough. Yeah. That was tough as well. So I had fun with it. It built some great projects, but yeah. it wasn't enough to make it sustainable. But then again, it was trucking along. Yeah. I just kind of like collided paths with the brokerage yeah. almost by happenstance with lunch with my dad one day. Yeah. And, and uh, I didn't have a lot going on for construction, so I had plenty of time to help with the brokerage on yeah. some level. And one thing led to another, and now I'm in the brokerage business. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was just kind of good circumstance all around. Now, I heard you say, I'm curious, like real estate, you were just like, I, 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 and I don't know if this is true, correct me. Yeah. But you're like, I do not want to be in the real estate business. It's the only thing I said in my life I would never do. Is that, is that yeah, true? It's 100% really? true. If you're asking about 14-year-old Jay, by right. the time I was 14, 15, 16, for sure, I'm like, it's nothing against the business. Yeah. It's just like it's it's my family's in that business. I'm used to everybody yeah. being in it. Um, and it's a time-consuming business. I mean, yeah. I, I think most people probably gather how much work it takes to be a successful real estate agent or broker, but it's a lot. It's a yeah. it's a lifestyle of committing to 24-7, being on call, mm-hmm. holidays, weekends, whichever. You know, and we say this a lot in real estate, but especially for people listening maybe who don't know, I mean, like, you're essentially available when other people are on vacation or off. You know, people's so off true. time is our on time. That's right. And, you know, that's a tough pill to swallow. So I'm, I'm probably just disenfranchised with the whole idea of the brokerage business. I'm like, yeah, probably the only thing I'm not going to do in my life is sell real estate. I'm going to find something else that I'll probably do and like, and I've always liked technology and, and like, you know, I'm like, I'll I'll probably do something along those lines. But you know, once again, never say never, you know, never say never. That's right. So now you, this is, this is the thing that I think, you know, that, uh, I think people need to understand. So, you know, Coming into the business, you've seen it your whole life. Whole life. You're walking in, and I will tell you, I was there kind of in that very beginning process, and I just remember the energy that you brought into uh, the room. Yeah. Right? Like, anybody that knows you, any all the agents that, that are going to hear this, they're going to know that you bring a presence when you walk in the room, and a lot of it is just as genuine I care. It's like that. I look in the eye and I care. Yeah. And so where did that come from, Jay? 
oh, I, I think I've just been surrounded by really great people. Like, I mean, my parents are both like caring, genuine people. Nobody's ever met my dad and then say, Rick Cooper's, yeah. you know, not the nicest guy in the world, a yeah. genuine guy. My mother's the same way. My grandmother's that way. Yeah. I've had great mentors that were that way. So it's a, it's a great way to be, honestly. Like, to be positive and caring is, like, makes me feel better anyway. And, right. it, you know, to go a different way wouldn't make sense to me. And, right. and I think I kind of am pre-caffeinated every morning. I don't drink coffee. <laughs> I'm already kind of fired up when You're I ready wake to go. up. Yeah. yeah. I wake up early. I'm ready to go. So, yeah, I, I think I'm just kind of predisposed to it. I don't have to, like, work at it necessarily. Yeah. But I think it's just because of maybe how I was raised, you yeah. know, like just the people that have always been it's around me. It's a mindset, me. too. That's true. Right? I yeah. mean, like, you you have it in your mind that when, you know, you're walking in the room, yeah. you're, 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 you're the spark, right? Like, yep. it's, and you don't have to go, okay, now let me turn it on. It's just, yep. it's who you are, yep. you know, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, one of the things I think I learned that even my mother coached me on early was, how, I'm going to do this a disservice. Not being positive was not the right thing, okay. but, but, like I would listen to motivational tapes as a kid. Get out of here on cassette tapes. I love it. Yeah. All right. Tell me who do you remember from those cassette uh, tapes? Okay. So give me a name. Zig Ziglar. Oh, yeah. So yes. Zig. One of Zig's early things. I remember. I remember this vividly. He was talking about the classic in uh, exchange with somebody who is about to miss a flight okay. and the flight at, and there's somebody who's working the cash or the the you know the attendant yep. there yep and you know most people are predisposed to go yell at that person yeah. and he talked about he said look at you yelling at that person is not going to make any difference yeah. um, and and you know being positive helping that person that's probably your best shot actually at getting what you want out of the scenario but at a minimum you being worked up and all frothy yeah. is just going to make you worse like yeah. it's just gonna take you down I, I i've always lived with that one yep. like making sure you're thankful for people that are helping you too like both sides yeah. of the service equation work like yeah. you got to be thankful people for people giving you service too that's right people give better service if you're thankful for it i've noticed that forever so that's very true um, yeah, mom had me on zig somehow <laughs> real early and i love that i mean I, I burnt his tapes up i mean yep. i i had a, one of those yellow walkmans you know oh, yeah. i used to listen to, to zig ziglar all the time yeah any les brown did she get no nope, i didn't les have brown? les brown no? I, I think zig was my primary yeah. my primary Brian tracy Nope. No, okay, no. Zig Ziglar. Mostly That's Zig. Awesome. I, and I, I can't even remember when that started or how long I listened to Zig tapes. But how did she get a hold of it? How did she hear about Zig? No idea. Yeah, no idea. Oh, now I'm gonna ask. Did she run a business? I mean, did she just happen to like? My mom, my mom worked. Uh, she didn't run her own business. She does now, but she um, she worked for like law firms and CPAs okay. when I grew up. So she was in a professional environment. Maybe that was yeah. where I was from. You know, so maybe maybe from work that she somehow got, got distributed. Yep. But yeah, I, I remember burning those tapes up, listening yeah. to Zig. Zig's yeah. always thing was you can help enough other people. You can you can have anything like it, life that you want if you help enough other people get what they want. And I, so I, I like true. that. I, I think it is true. If you're yeah, just trying true. to figure out how to work it out for yourself, it's probably not going to work out so well. Yeah, yeah. It's just that 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 selfish uh, you know, mentality doesn't. It, 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 it's got a. I call it like the matchstick, right? Yeah. It'll fire up for a while, and you may get some temporarily. Yeah. But that, that fame will uh, flame out really quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. only about you. You know, yeah, it's got to yeah. be about other people. Okay, so now brokerage is at is it one point five billion? 
We're, we're, we're going for $2 billion this year. Two billion. Last year, we were at $1.7. Yeah. Um, and, we're, you know, we're gunning for two. But but honestly, I, I, I set that as, like, this kind of lightweight benchmark. You yeah. know, like, we're not trying to get to some volume level right. for volume level's sake. Right. You know, I'm really pretty vocal that... We're not trying to hire a million agents. Like yeah. we want to be really excellent at what we're doing, which is a cliche thing to say. Yeah. But conversely, in this brokerage business, I feel like it's this big race to have a million agents and yeah. trillions of dollars in sales. Yeah. We want to be meaningful in the amount of volume we do in the city, simply because success builds success. You know, momentum yeah. is a is a pro, or a business process that I work through all the time. Like momentum is real deal yeah. in business. Yes, it like is. You've got, and you've got to get it and then you got to maintain it. Yeah. But for me, like getting to certain like sales benchmarks is really because if I know I can cover certain market share in San Antonio, Austin, Bernie, New Braunfels, wherever we are, yeah. that leads to more sales. It makes yeah. the lives of our agents easier. And so I don't want too much. I don't yeah. want like 100% of a neighborhood to sell out. That right. doesn't actually work very well. Right. Um, so, you know, we want a certain amount of market share in every kind of market and submarket we're yeah. in. And that kind of correlates to volume in a way. So yeah. we, I set those benchmarks to make sure we're, we're growing yeah. and doing because there's only one way you can go. Yeah. If, you, if you're declining, if you're leveling out, yeah. you're on your way down. So yeah. we're pushing all the time to be better. But yeah, yeah we've, we've had tremendous growth over the last five years especially, but yes. 10 years that I've been around in the business. So you c cover brokerages in Austin yep. and in San Antonio. Yep. Where are you seeing the biggest growth right now? Um, for the company or just like company. by the market? Yeah, oh, market, or even market, Austin or San Antonio. Um, I mean, Austin has just been ridiculous in yeah. its growth. You know, yeah. I mean, people just move. I I'm still always amazed. People move borderline sight unseen to Austin. Really? You know, it's like, yep, you know, God, this place, oh, we're, it's like the land of milk and honey. There's just... Yeah fun to be had and opportunities to be had. And we work with people all the time that are like, we don't have a job yet. We're just going to move. I, we worked with a young couple the other day. They just said, yep, we just got married. We're going to move to Austin and see what we can figure out. We're going to be flexible on what we do. I've got a background in XYZ. And they weren't coming to work for me. They, they just, it was just, I, I yeah. encountered them. And to me, that's crazy. It's that's like, pretty like, wild. Yeah, I mean, from my experience, even with like working since however, 13 yeah. years old, like I've never not had a job. And that yeah. actually never was like an opportunity. Like I always thought like once I started, I couldn't stop. Exactly. Like taking some time off wasn't an option. Yeah. But people will move their side unseen. So um, it's for sure seen like the most price kind of yeah. increases and in overall appreciation in that market. Yeah. But San Antonio is still, you know, you can't beat San Antonio because – it's uh, steady Eddie makes it seem too mundane. Like yeah. there's so much vibrance in this community, but it's also not like overinflated. So there's yep. just a huge amount of value to San Antonio. So they're two totally different markets, but yeah. um, we've enjoyed being part of the community in both of them. And yeah. honestly, like Bernie and New Braunfels are just the same kind of concept. Like yep. New Braunfels is this very vibrant community that's gone through this crazy transition over the last you know, five years even, and we love being a part of that community. And I live actually in Bernie, and so being part of that, everything that's going on there is a lot of fun too. So, yeah. you know, we take the responsibility seriously. Like what yeah. we what we do in our profession is like we're kind of the front face of yeah. most communities, yeah. whether those communities like it or not one way or another. Like yeah. we're that, and so I think we, we represent our communities really well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, Austin for sure probably takes the cake of – just most expansion, most change overall it, it, in the market. It, it would almost 
I mean, Houston kind of led the way, right? You're from Houston. Houston oh, yeah. led the way in luxury for no many, doubt. many years, right? Yeah. Uh, but when you start looking, the last time I looked at the numbers, I mean, Austin, the lu- the number of million dollar homes sold. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. It, the numbers are pretty crazy, especially when you look at the population. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know? I, well, I heard from a broker, well, this is several months ago, but she made the comment, you know, she said, you know, we should just take million dollars, million dollar properties or below, or below are not luxury properties <laughs> because there's so many million dollar properties wow. that like that shouldn't be considered luxury anymore. Wow. The day we got into Austin, I'll never forget this. The day we got into Austin, when we yeah. started the franchise there, Yep. Um, that day there were 40 properties in San Antonio listed at above a million dollars. Okay, yeah. And in Austin, it was over 675 were listed over a million. And that, that gap continues to grow. It's still, yep. Yeah, I mean, there's whole communities in Austin that are built over a million and a half dollars. I mean, that just doesn't happen in, in, in San Antonio. But that's also kind of indicative of, like, what the people of those communities want. Like, True. San Antonio is not really gunning for that as hard yeah. by any means. But Austin, it is. People are coming from all over the world, practically, to live yeah. in Austin. And we get a great global community here, but it's just, it's a, again, it's like a different kind of It's vibe. a different animal. Yeah, different, it's true. That's yeah, very true. I think both communities are getting what they want for the most part. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, it's, it's true. You're going to live in one place or the other, depending on which which lifestyle you really like. Yeah, what you want. Yeah. So so from a perspective of, of you know, real estate success, because, yeah. I mean, you, I, Sotheby's, Cooper Sotheby's has done an amazing job. You have some amazing agents. Yeah. Right? So I'm curious, you know, over over the last five, seven years, you know, that you've been kind of seeing this and seeing Austin, you know, what... What would you say are the one, two, three things that you see consistently mm-hmm. that is making these agents literally the best at what they do? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Actually, I think I could answer that pretty well. Top three things. First first one I'll say, I don't think this will be in a particular order, so don't no, move yeah, to yeah, the yeah, order yeah. of importance. But one of the things I, I harp on a lot lately is people define customer service in all these different ways, yeah. but I'll try to be better about the definition in the real estate space. The agents that we have that do the best are extending themselves in a level of service that is really like I think other people who are in the business can't even really comprehend. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I'm just thinking about like Gary and Michelle Dulcher on the cover of this or Bincon, you know, here, Kamara Wilk. We've got so many great agents, but when I think about their, their, What's collectively making them look good? If I got, or making them good when I'm talking to them and what they're doing for the day, it's it's way above and beyond helping their clients than other people are used to. Yeah, yeah, it's so, true. So you know, while on some level this industry gets a bad rap for yeah, if you're going to have an agent, they're going to take a picture of your house with an iPhone and they're going to put in the MLS and then that's it. Yeah. You know, the agents we have, and really this is a vast majority of our team, if not almost everybody, because we we've got a pretty high standard. You know, everything is over the top on what they're going to deliver from marketing support, service support, back to communication. Our agents are used to calling their clients very frequently or staying in communication with them about what's going on. Um, So so that's for sure a a key differentiator. I I think um, success to our agents is probably having some level of a game plan. Ah, yes. Yeah, you know, so... I did a panel, a top producer panel, even this last week, or is this okay. week? Yeah, this yeah. week. And I said, you know, what what do you do for listing presentation, and what do you do for prep, and how are you communicating and doing? Not everybody does it the same. I learned that real quick. Like, everybody does things differently. But 
our agents, I think the ones that are really doing the best are yeah. planning on some level. This is what I want to hit. These are the goals I want to have. Yeah. Um, and they they think of it like a business. I mean, there's some other for sure well-known brokerages that focus on like yeah. business planning and, and how to help an agent. But um, our top producers for sure are treating this for sure as a profession. Yeah. And, um, you know, they, they have office time and they have marketing time and they're, you know, focusing on how to build their business. So for sure that's... Yeah. That's huge. Um, I think maybe maybe the other mentality is that while they, while they have balance for themselves in their lives, yeah. they also know when they have to turn it on and when coasting is acceptable. Does right. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it for years that I'm always amazed somebody in this business, this is not to pick, yeah, yeah. but people in this business will have a sale, right? They'll finally make a sale because to make a sale is hard, right? So they're grinding, 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 grinding on a sale. They get it done. They get some money in the bank. And what do they do? Like, oh, I'm going to take, I owe it to myself to take some time off because there's so much pushing at us. Like you need to have balance and you need to do you and you need to take a break. I'm just here to tell you, for our agents that do really well for themselves, that is not how they operate. As a matter of fact, when they do well, it's only the platform to do even better. So they double down, hammer down, and then for sure they take time for themselves and their families and all that, but they don't miss the opportunity to push harder. But that that other death cycle of, I finally did it, I'm I'm tired now, so I'm going to take a break, and they coast back down to having to work hard, harder. Yeah. I mean, our folks like learn how to, to have momentum, and I, I've seen that a bunch. Our, our best yeah. agents don't let off the gas at the I wrong time. That. Yeah, they push hard. I love that. So the three are customer service. Yep. Have a stinking plan. Have a plan. <laughs> yeah, have a and plan. And that could be, and like I heard on the other interview, a, a marketing plan. Yeah. Like actually know what you're going to do prior to getting a yep, listing. that's right. I think that's beautiful. And then understanding that you can't let your feet off the gas. You can't let your foot off the gas. Like yeah. even when you have a win, the top agents, and that's why it's always funny because we go to the the, the business journal awards, yeah, and it's the same, you know, top ten, right? Yeah, yeah, Every yeah, year. yeah. Why is that? They don't take their foot off the gas. They don't You're take their exactly foot off the gas. Right. You're well, exactly there's right. uh our top producer in San Antonio, Ben Consinaroglu, yeah. amazing guy. I was inspired by him early. I mean, he makes me want to work harder, but I think he's changed all his passwords by now, so hopefully (laughs) I'm not broadcasting this for everybody and he's going to have to go change this. But I remember one time somehow I had to know what his password was for something, and he's uh, he's like, yeah, Jay, type it in. My password is work hard. Work hard. (laughs) And I mean, the guy lives by that today. Like a, he's so an true. animal. He pushes so hard. Yeah. Um, you work out with him. You know how uh, how, how listen, hard that guy we, pushes. Let me just tell you, we we run before boxing. Yeah. yeah. And this guy yesterday yeah. nearly killed all of us. Yeah. It was it was me, Smystrilla, oh, yeah. and Nate and yeah. Nathan. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we're all running, and this dude is literally running at a seven minute mile pace, almost yep. under eight minutes, crushing it. Yes, Crushing and I'm just it. like Binkon. Don't we still have we, to work out? We still got to do a workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. he definitely gets it. Cool story. I remember co- uh, doing this one listing appointment yeah. with Binkon. Yeah, yeah. This was right before the transition with LHM with the magazine. Yeah. Binkon goes to the meeting and he says, "Listen, I'll come back and help you paint that." We have to paint that. Yes. And he says, "I'll be here this weekend. I'll bring shorts, but we have to repaint that." Yep. And he did it. And he did it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I remember sitting there like, hey, I, I can't paint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, see, now but Binkan. Now is Binkan. Yeah, he does that still to this day. But yeah. now he hires people to paint because he's doing this for right. a bunch of properties. But, yeah, the level of detail is there. But, again, like, that's a common thread amongst our yeah. best and brightest is 
going that to that level that's this combination of working hard, giving great service, yeah. and, and just yeah, hammering down. But so anyway, yeah. I I love that thing with Ben Con still like work hard is his is yeah. his password because I'm like, man, what a great way to remind yourself all day that's what you gotta do. That's killer. Yeah. Okay. So listen, we're gonna we're gonna land this because okay. we, we both I know we both have things we gotta jump to, yeah, but yeah. but first and foremost, I, I want to say thank you. Yeah, this, my pleasure. This has been really, really good and I appreciate you being open and kind of talking about the early J. Yeah, the early J. Because a crazy J, I, I think but yeah. the early J is really, I mean, think about it. The Zig Ziglar. How about Zig? I mean, how the connection. Yeah. If anybody listens to Zig Ziglar today, yep. they're going to immediately remind, especially people who've never heard this, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've never, they don't know that about you. Yeah. They're going to hear something and they're going to look at you and go, yeah, Zig taught I you that. I see it, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I see it. That's, so that's probably true. I'm gonna. I literally am gonna go dust those off. And I haven't listened to Zig in since I was that age. Yeah. Uh, so I probably will. But man, yeah, we're shaped at a young age, right? So we I, are. I guarantee you, there's plenty of stuff that he laid down that I probably still do to this day. Yes. Uh, exactly. But that's yeah. killer. Yeah. All right. So here's, I guess, the the last part of this is is uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Tim Ferriss. Okay. He wrote a book yep. called Tribe of Mentors. Okay. And he sent 11 questions to like. I mean, the top of the top of all their professions. And, and then everybody kind of responded back to this questionnaire. And then okay. he put it all in a book. Cool. All right? And so it's like, hey, here's your tribe of mentors. The book is literally like three inches thick. It's wow. huge, right? And so he that. asked all kinds of different questions. And, you know, Gabe and I were like, you know, what should we ask? What, what should we ask? And, and this is, you know, I, you know, I think I, I like this one because okay. knowing, you know, I, I know a little bit about, you know, you and, and kind of some of the things you like. So here's a question. And he didn't know this question before. So here you go. You ready? Okay. So in the last five years, okay. what habit or behavior has completely transformed or improved your life? Ooh, I like that. Habit or behavior that's changed my life. Especially within the last five years. I'm going to have to go with low-hanging fruit on this Okay, one. that's okay. So uh, I think starting earlier in the day is the thing that's changed my life for okay. sure. Yeah. So there's a lot that goes on in like the days that I have. I'm like self-diagnosed, ADD. I run around real hard. Yeah. Focusing is difficult for me. Yeah. Like if I'm going to sit and focus on how to do things, but actually my role for my company is actually to be focused, disciplined, look at the yeah. f- future, figure out what our plan is. Mm-hmm. Normally I like to be spontaneous and just go, 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 but I have to just stop and focus. So me actually getting up before I think almost anybody else, maybe not yeah. you and Ben kind because you're working out yeah. like way too early, but um, waking up early, having some focused, dedicated time okay. to be able to do the things I need to do for sure has been life-changing because especially the first, let's say that I've been doing this 10 years. I think that's yeah. a little stretch. I think it's been closer to eight or nine, but let's just break it yeah. up into halves. Okay. If it was like 10 years ago up until five, you know, I'm just like, I would wake up early probably, but I'm just like tackling whatever fire I can yeah. do. Yeah. And we made a lot of progress with that method. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just brute, almost yeah. aggression. Yep. Took, took us pretty far, took me pretty far. But now, like, to take it to the level that we are at now and where we're going just requires me to be yeah. focused. Yeah. And it's not something I'm kind of predisposed to. Yeah. So being able to, like, set some time aside for myself and do that yeah. really works. Right now, most people don't even know this, except yeah. in, unless you are in our Bernie office, you don't know this. Okay. But I have a secret office in Bernie. It's like, actually, the <laughs> office we're in right now has no windows. Yeah. It's very, very dark. Yeah. And... Nobody has access to get into it. Nobody even knows that I'm in it yep. most of the time. 
So I can go in there, I close the door, and I have typically like three, four, five hours sometimes yeah. to myself, and then I can have a full work day after that. Yeah. But, you know, that, that I'd, I'd say, if I thought more, I, there's probably others I could add, but that's the first that comes to my mind. Like, so what time are we talking? When do you, when do you like to get up? Uh, I like to get up by 5.30, five five thirty, and, you know, be out of the door by 6. You okay. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because my phone's not going to ring at 6. That's right. Like, you know, because of the business we do, I'll get calls from both coasts. Yeah. You know, we've got friends, colleagues, clients that are on both coasts. Yeah. So it'll start pretty early, yeah. but nobody's up that early. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And so I, I, I hate mornings normally. I don't, I mean, I don't like to wake myself up. Yeah. I love to sleep. My yeah. bed's very comfortable. Yes. Um, but when I'm up, it's the best. Yeah. It's the, the mornings can be the best. Yeah. So I like being up and out and doing stuff before yeah. the day can get away from me. Working because, out too early or do you like to do it later? Cause some um, people like it later. I like it later. So yeah. my workouts are now in the afternoon, evening okay. because it's something to kind of cap my day off. I, I'm, I'm predisposed to working for ever like 24/7. you could just keep going seven yeah yeah because yeah. especially if i'm getting in the zone like yeah we're yeah. getting stuff done i'm getting let's do i'll yeah. never stop yeah. and so i've got like four beautiful children that i love yeah. to be around and they are my priority i mean i they're the reason actually i, I feel like i've got this edge almost in life yeah. uh, even with them and my wife because i feel like i've accomplished everything i want to accomplish in life with them like yeah. i've got what i want That's and cool. so the rest of this is like just gravy, icing, yeah. whatever you want to look at it, yeah. they make it real easy just to like, there's no, there's no milestone I'm, I'm not hitting. I'm yeah. hitting the milestone I want to hit. Yeah. And the rest of these things are just fun to do. Yeah. So anyway, so like I want to be around them so I can work out in the afternoon, the evening yeah. really. Yeah. And then I've got a hard stop to work. Yeah. I make sure I do a workout that is mind numbing. So I have to shut everything out. Yep. I, I work out hard enough to where I can't think about whatever it is That's I need to think is. about. Yep. Uh, and then my mind's fairly clear. I go back to the house and have a big time with the fam. And, and yeah. you know, they go to bed. I might work some more. But it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's worked out pretty well for me to have that kind of cadence yeah. in the day. That's killer. Yeah. Well, listen, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this Yeah, day. thanks for having me on. Man, I thanks really for appreciate with me. Your, no, no, yeah. there's no pay. No, not at all. I mean, we're busy. I mean, this yeah, is yeah. just life that we have and yeah. working. But I really appreciate you sharing, you know, your story, sharing kind of how you came to this point. Yeah. And I'm excited to see the future. Thanks, man. Because we're, we're, we're going to be working side by side for the next, you know, 10, 20, 30. Like, hey, let's shoot for 50, Let's go it. 50. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not see stopping. What's happening. Hey, there's no reason to stop. There's no reason to stop. My grandmother's in the office today. I won't yeah. disclose her age on this yeah, podcast. Be careful. But like she's in there doing something awesome right now, yeah. I promise you. So I think the genes are strong. I don't think you're going to see me sh slowing down anytime soon. It's killer. I'm 38 now. I, I think I've got some running room. Anything on like that you're working on or towards right now that you're like, man, I got to let people know this is something that's coming up. Be ready. Um, I think the overall, what we've done from a brokerage standpoint and yeah. some of the partnerships we've taken on lately, yeah. you know, we've done this partnership with Randolph Brooks Federal Credit yes. Union. I know that was probably scary, dangerous, confusing to some, but the what we've already done with it, yeah. Tomas, unbelievable stuff. Yeah. And, and like, we've just started. And again, like, I, I still see it in the in the market all the time. People, it, it's, it's hard to comprehend what's right. going on. right, right. But just keep holding on tight. Like what we've already done is pretty tremendous, yeah. and, and some of that will come out by the end of the year too on what we've accomplished. Okay. But it's it's just the beginning of what's capable. Those guys are absolutely incredible yeah. group of of people, yeah. leaders, men and women that are in their executive team. 
yeah. unbelievable. So it's it's empowered us to do even more things. So you combine that with the energy we've already got, the resources we already have. It's uh, it's been kind of a match made in heaven. I, I think it's really good. It, That's killer. I was really honored this year. I got nominated for the C Suite Awards with a business journal. Yeah. So so I was I'm a happy uh, recipient of that. But so was. Chris O'Connor, who's the CEO for Randolph Brooks Federal Credit oh, Union. that's cool. So we're both receiving some some accolades uh, in, a, in a few weeks, I think. But uh, I w- I'm more honored about anything just to be in the same kind of category with him. I don't deserve to be in the same category as him, but I'll, I'll, I'll take it for the yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But th- I'm telling you, the power we've got, it's, it's, uh, it's like supercharging an engine. You know, we've, we've had a lot of fun with it. Yes. Our agents have had a lot of benefits because of it. Our clients have benefited a lot from it. And um, it'll be, a, I think, a bigger, bigger source of conversation in the industry as we go along. I think more yeah. people will want to do what we've done long term. Right. So just and, hold and, on and, tight and, for that. And, it, and I, you know, that also comes with... There, there's a bigger picture that not everybody they're not seeing the the picture that you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and it, they and some people, you know, San Antonio's that small. We still have that small town yep. mentality. Yeah, yeah. And you know, this is going on all across the country yeah. in markets yeah, all over. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we still have that small town. Like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. No, it's you a know? good point. It's interesting. Well, especially right? in, in other industries, things like that we're doing are much more prolific. Of, and like real right. estate, it doesn't exist. But like, why not do it? In real estate too. Exactly. If it's the right thing to do, if it's worked well in other industries, and we can apply it to this one. Right. I mean, people that I look to up, it, look up to in this industry yeah. uh, typically are the ones that are like pulling pulling technologies or yeah. processes or whatever out of other businesses and applying them to real estate. Yep. There's some great brokers that that are competitors of mine, but I respect yeah. heavily because of, of they they do that really well. So <clears throat> this is my uh, this is my attempt to do something similar. And yeah. again, it's. It has far surpassed what I thought it could do in a very that's short cool. amount of time. Yeah, that's very, and very I, that's cool. That's the thing I don't think everybody has seen even the impact that it's caused. You know, it's one of those yeah. things like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that had that had happened. Yeah. So anyway, we'll deliver some cool stuff over the next year. Yeah. yeah. Well, that listen, thank you again, Jay. Yeah, my pleasure. Super appreciate yeah. you being on TM3 Always. Impact, my friend. You got it. And uh, you guys, stay tuned. You'll be able to see this on YouTube. On I, uh, well, you don't have an iPhone. We got to work. Can on we get that, it Jay. on an Android? We can get it on Android. <laughs> yes, we have it on SoundCloud. What else, Gabe? You know, you can catch this on SoundCloud. I love this. Pretty much any, like, podcast, anything, Cool. you'll find us. Right so on. Please look it up and share. And thank you for being on the show. You got it. My Take pleasure. Care. Thank you.